0: Live, I'm going to thank Christy before we even get started for agreeing to go live. We were supposed to record this and we said, let's just go with it. Um, Christy is with Christy Kotopiski, who we're going to be interviewing. She's a director of advancement from Sites for Hope. But before we get into all of that, I just kind of wanted to play a video so you guys can get an understanding of what the organization is all about. I hope PBS doesn't get mad at me for this, but here we go. Check out.
1: I think it's going in the styrofoam, but whatever. Dorothy Montero is one of a few ladies who gather at Sites for Hope, formerly the Center for Vision Loss, to craft. Well, I am trying to figure out where to put this last purple flower, making my floral arrangement. And I don't have, literally and figuratively, a good eye for this. She says the Allentown Center gives her a new outlook on life after losing her sight. I'm the victim of domestic abuse. I was shot in the face. Well, I was shot twice, but the one in my face caused the injury. Um, My left eye is prosthetic and my right eye has very minimal vision. Um, When I look straight ahead, I have no center vision because there was a lot of scarring after the injury. The Easton resident is just one of many clients who take part in the social programs here. The braille classes, the cooking classes, I do the crafts. I'm not a crafty person either, but I do crafts this is when I do them because <laughs> when I'm home I don't do them.
0: We have uh, skills education programs which include life skills education, technical skills education. Uh, we also do so, uh, some of the softer skills that are important in everyday life.
1: Executive Director Dennis Zahner says most clients once had normal sight and now must relearn many skills with their vision impairment.
0: And we are all about the personal victories. For someone a victory is being able to read the newspaper for some it's going to be able to talk to their grandchildren over zoom whatever it is that's most important to them whatever independence means for them we're here to help guide the way
1: you can do just about anything you just have to do it differently sites for hope has locations in allentown and stroudsburg for pbs 39 i'm Brittany sweeney
0: you're right i want to thank pbs for that and i'm going to bring Christy in Christy Konopiski with Sites for Hope. Thank you for agreeing to go live, number one,
2: uh, and for coming on today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I
0: wanted to start out with that video just because I think it gives a great, by PBS, it gives a great overview of what Sites for Hope is about. Can you explain that a little bit more fully for me, exactly what the organization does?
2: Yes. Um, and I think... I, whenever I do this, it's, I think it's way more than people expect. So in that video, we kind of touched on the life skills component and that's a you know huge thing for our clients, but it's one of a myriad of things that we do. We really work with the full spectrum of visual impairments. So we have guided transportation, which is door through door. We have um, their professional sighted guides that will come into the home that will help the client get into the transportation and take them to errands or medical appointments. They'll sit in the waiting room, um, they'll grocery shop with them. So we have that component. We do free vision screenings for children throughout our service area, which is Lehigh Valley and Monroe County. Um, we have our life skills education, emotional support groups. We do um, orientation and mobility training. We have a mentorship program. We teach braille classes and we have casework. So we have a lot going on really wow.
0: Well oh, I was yeah, I was reading. and I mean, you touch ten thousand people, and that's a lot. Yeah. you know th- that's not a small number. You do you think it's just something that with your organization, um, we don't I, I guess what I'm trying to say is there are so many people who need your services, but maybe for those who don't need them, they don't experience uh, the work that you do as much,
2: absolutely. And I think that the pandemic actually put a, a bigger spotlight on it. So, for example, um, how can you social distance if without seeing those cues on the floor or those signs on the wall? You know, if you have a visual impairment or that maybe is minor or maybe you're fully blind, those cues we've all been watching to stand here and do this and go that way, they're they're not existent for you. And so what can already be isolating is more isolating because you can't get out as often. You can't be around people. Um, I think something that people still do to a certain extent think is a little bit of a niche issue um, are, are realizing it's really not. And as you're going about your daily you know, activities, if you just think about all the things you do, um, if you're sighted and you don't think about, a lot of that's very manual and very difficult for people with visual impairments.
0: And you work with people who, as we saw the woman in that um, video was a victim of domestic abuse, you know, you're working with people who maybe it's something that they were born with and maybe they experienced um, sight loss later in life.
2: yeah so we have you know we have 18 year old clients who are going through high school with visual impairment um so maybe they're fully blind or maybe they're just losing vision over time we have clients who um maybe have macular degeneration so it is that slower progression throughout their life um we have clients who went in for what was supposed to be a routine surgery and then came out blind afterwards you know so we are really the the source is you know there's a very diverse range of sources of right. where these visual impairments are stemming from, um, but we're able to provide custom support for each person and really help them to achieve those, that level of independence that's realistic um, and, and best suited for them.
0: Tell me if I'm wrong, but I would imagine, too, somebody who's maybe experienced sight loss through trauma also has to deal with the fact that they lost sight in addition to also losing sight.
2: Yeah. And that's our emotional support groups are really important because it gives our clients, you know, while they all have very individual experiences with their their vision loss, they're able to share stories and, you know, find commonalities and really kind of support one another while we do have someone in the room that's able to provide guidance through that process. But it is a huge hurdle to overcome. And what does friendship look like if you can't just get in the car and drive to see your friend? And what does intimacy look like with your spouse if they're sighted and you're not? You know, these are all topics that can be difficult to navigate on your own.
0: And one thing I well and I'm trying to be sensitive to it because I read this, um, when I was reading up on you guys, you know, you don't refer to it as blindness, correct? Right. It, it's sight law. Can you talk a little bit about that before we go into your your name change?
2: Yeah. So, and this was this was a conversation. It it pairs really well with talking about the the name change because you know we it's something that you know just like other um, disabilities, it's something you have. It doesn't define you. You know, you're not a blind person. We, I mean, I think that uh, you know everyone has a personal every client has a personal way that they go about it, but a visual impairment is a really important way to state it because we deal with people who have full vision loss um, and are legally blind. We also have clients that based on, you know, their type of visual impairment, they can see certain things or they can see shadow or, you know, these different things. So it's to kind of recognize that there's a spectrum of visual impairments and that there's not just sighted people and blind people. There's a lot of middle ground and even just having some visual impairment does make navigating daily life difficult, so.
0: Right, I mean, it, there's varying levels as well. Like do, do you even deal with people who are just, I mean, I, the term's going to be wrong for me, and I apologize, but that legally blind term, you know, is, yeah. is that where you find yourself in a position where, you know, even the best kind of prescription lenses in that just doesn't help anymore?
2: Right. So, I mean, if you're if you are legally blind, you you're really not seeing much. (laughs) Um, And so this so it's a lot of learning how to do the things that you want and need to do without relying on your site. And so, you know, it's how to fold your dollar bills so that, you know, based on touch the difference between a 10 and a 20 and a one um, so that you can pay for things confidently, knowing that you're giving the right denomination. Or how to navigate your stove without any vision. So, you know, a lot of what we do, it's for some people, assistive technology is so critical and can be, you know, life changing. But for other clients, it's taking the the abilities they have and learning how to use those in ways that you know they don't have to rely on their sight because they have these other skills and techniques um, to go about their daily living.
0: Remind, I wrote down a question because I'm going to ask it after this because I want to I get to the to the name change. I mean, you're you're yeah. saying it even here in your marketing. Great new name, um, great timeless story. You were formerly known as the Center for Vision Loss. Mm-hmm. Why the name change? What is the you know the, the thinking behind that? The purpose behind that?
2: Yeah. So this was a long time coming. A lot of discussions leading up to this. You know, it took the cooperation and collaboration of. Our agency, our board, as well as our endowment foundation and their board, um, you know, really looking at what we do and our community of clients and, and supporters, there is so much, you know, hope is the word that really hits Mm -hmm. home because i mean i'm sure after last year and what we've been dealing with everyone can relate to that these days um but that's something that we really value and also something you see in the interactions you know as you saw with dorothy and craft group you know these are clients coming together this is our community coming together and they have familial relationships and they're friends and this is this is a place they want to be and center for vision loss really put the focus on Loss and you know, as if something wrong. And you know, it's it's not wrong if you're losing your vision. That's not wrong. But you know, you want to be able to navigate. You want to be able to keep up with your hobbies and make friends and do all the things that you you should be able to do. You deserve to do. So, you know, we really want to focus on that hope. And it's not that you know, great, your vision's going. This is terrible. That is, you know, it does create additional obstacles. But it doesn't mean you have to just sit in your house and give it all up. You know, we have clients that are, you know, woodworkers, carpenters, you know, artists, they're still active. Our clients have gone zip lining in the Poconos. You know, these are people, you know, regular people that want to do, want to get out, do activities, you know, we've all been cooped up. So um, we really want to kind of spotlight that, that hope, that aspect of hope. And, and that's more illustrative of the clients that we support as well.
0: Right. I was looking through one of, I read, I was reading a story. I was, as I was researching this and it was, a, it was a woodworker that you yeah. mentioned. And that's just, that's awesome. But to your point that you just made, um, you know, I would imagine that a big component of this is that sense of loneliness or isolation, because again, we, at least I take it for granted um, to be able to to see and to have clear vision You know, is that something that you deal with in these in these support groups as well Um, to deal with kind of getting over that? you, You know, you might be isolated because of COVID. And on top of that, you know, you're isolated due to some vision impairment. You know, how do you deal with that?
2: Yeah, so I mean, that's definitely a big part of the emotional support group. And also, it's great that we have these, you know, social activities where we'll, you know, clients can, you know, come to the agency or provide transportation and take them to wineries, or like I said, zip lining or apple picking, because You know, imagine, you know, I think right now I like to walk out my door and grab a slice of pizza. Well, if I, you know, we have a client who's able to navigate to his corner store, but he's not just taking these long walks because he can't, he's using a cane. He can't see, it could be dangerous. So, Um, we're able to kind of give that independence back. And that's really a lot of the focus, right? Is people feel, it can feel isolating if you can't just get in your car and do that errand you want to do or see that family member or friend. And then, you know, a lot of our clients do have other disabilities on top of their visual Mm -hmm. impairment or they're high risk for other reasons. So the pandemic did really put this extra kind of pressure cooker situation into play. Um, But it's been cool because we were able to transition a lot of things uh, virtually, which I think would surprise people because Zoom and things like this seem very visual. That's,
0: but a, that's a, the question I wrote down yeah. was, you know, technology for us, we're able to do this. And um, yeah. a year ago or well, I, almost two years now, we weren't really thinking about at least ramping it up this quickly. Has technology, th- the surge of these kind of virtual things, how have you been able to incorporate that? Because I imagine there have to be challenges because a lot right. of this is visual.
2: Yes. And I remember I was doing some extra research on accessibility in the web and making sure your website is easy to navigate. And, I mean, you can get down into the weeds with all of the things you need to keep in mind to make your website accessible. What's great is, you know, if you think about something like Zoom, where usually if you, um, when you have that long phone number, but it automatically puts in all the codes and everything, you know, we have Mm -hmm. clients that are able to join group phone calls or, you know, group Zoom. So clients that do have some um, site are able to join through video. Other clients are able to just press, you know, on their phone, that one number that dials them in. So they're still able to converse. Of course, it's clunky. I mean, it's clunky for everyone regardless right. of but site. I, I bought out of this room
0: and came back like 10 minutes ago for a second. So yeah. Yeah you know, it's
2: not perfect. But yeah. So but it's been but it's been great because also a lot of clients, you know, just like with a lot of other things, you got to meet people where they are, you know, if, if it's already, if you can't drive and we have transportation, um, but we obviously can't transport everyone at the same time. So to bring everyone into the agency isn't always practical. Um, so being able to do things virtually has meant everyone's been able to stay connected, um, and still, you know, still keep up with emotional support group, especially throughout the pandemic, um, and feel that sense of community. And some, you know, I think this has happened with a lot of different agencies, but you know, some of our meetings we have more people attending because they're able to just tune sure. in from their couch. So,
0: well, they're, they're, attending. <laughs> they're attending, yeah, but no, there it does give that ability to be there, you know, mm-hmm. in and to be a part of it if you if you really continue to want to be, yeah. Um, I was wondering, you know, with, with the services that you have, do you find that some people who might be or, or could use your services aren't aware that you exist?
2: Yes. And the name change really helped us with that because, you know, getting, so we rebranded in April. Um, We did it, you know, there's a big buildup, a lot went into this, you know, our endowment foundation, um, you know, set aside funds specifically, you know, as they were looking at our sustainability as an agency, they, they wanted to support this. This was huge. So um, this wasn't just, you know, from donations from people to, you know, this was from our endowment that wanted this to happen. It's great, mm-hmm. um, and it really got us out there in a in a way that our client intakes in the first few weeks after that rebrand almost doubled. Um, really? in, in each week, and it you know our phones are ringing off the hook. Um, when and that's so great. You know, obviously as a director of advancement, then I'm thinking, okay, we better get that same that same situation with donors. Um, sure. but it was so well-received, and the community, I think it really, with all the, you know, we had billboards up from Adams Outdoor. They did a fantastic job. Um, we were able to get some good press around it. Obviously, the logo's so much better. Everything's so much cleaner, um, and it it really drummed up more recognition of the brand, which did get us into more households where people were sure. thinking, Oh, wait, you know, my aunt could use this or, oh my gosh, my grandmother, my mom, my sister, my dad, my uncle, you know, that people were thinking, wait, I have a family member who could really benefit from this. So we did see, you know, a great uh, kind of surge in attention. And we're just hoping to maintain that, obviously, but it's been going really well. So very exciting.
0: You, you mentioned donors. Is that where... Do you rely on donors for a lot of the funding? Is that something that you're always you know, looking, again, you want to be more awareness, you want to get out in front of the donors as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So we, do, we definitely, you know, we have a really strong um, constituency at the agency. Of course, we're always looking for more people to kind of see the value in our mission and mm-hmm. the importance of what we're doing. You know, obviously on its face, what we're doing is important, but especially in our area, um, especially in the Lehigh Valley and and definitely Monroe County, you know, when we're looking at these statistics talking about reading at grade level, um, you know, something important to keep in mind is you can't read at grade level and progress, you know, as you should be if you don't have proper vision. And a lot of times it's, you don't know you don't have the best vision because you're seeing what you're seeing and you think that's it, (laughs) especially when you're a child. So, um, you know, our free vision screening program is so critical and catching those visual impairments early on before they're able to become a major issue in growth and development. And I saw
0: you part of your, you, you offer preventative, uh, services as well. So is that where you go out into the community and, yeah, we do
2: talks Um, we do like lunch and learns and stuff to kind of spread information about, you know, what you can be doing to protect your eyes as it pertains to your workplace or just especially now with more screens at play. Um, So we're always we are always looking for more support from the community this past spring is when it really started to catch on. We, um, we did launch this past fiscal year, we launched our community partner program, which has been excellent because, um, the, the future of fundraising. And I think this really came, you know, was very important and key this last year is not just throwing dollars at things. It is that collaboration mm-hmm. and that community effort to make change. So our community partners, you know, you, you make a gift um, at varying levels, but you get year long recognition and not just that, but we want to be in touch with you throughout the year. And we want to collaborate on events and we want you to be a part of things that'll help our clients. A great example is our trunk or treat coming up. It's just going to be a great event for the community, but our partners are the ones that we look to and said, Hey, do you want to be involved? You don't have to be, but because you support us, we'd love for you to participate if you want. So, you know, ShopRite's gonna be there. We're going, we're able to be at Brown Daub in Easton and they have a really easily accessible location. So, you know, we have we have this great event coming up and all these people are able to be a part of it. And we're really happy about that. And the community partner program provides us with those unrestricted funds where we can find the need and take them and use it directly to address that in the moment. So that's really critical. Outside of grants and other gifts that, you know, already kind of have their purpose and can't be can't be used in that kind of flexible way. So
0: and I'm as we're going on screen here I'm just showing, you know, going through some of the various events that you can when you visit the website you can take a look at. Yeah, and and one are. of those, well, this is an event as much as a day. And the reason that we, we decided to, to chat here today yeah. is that October 15th is White Cane Day. Can yeah. you... Tell me what
2: that is yeah so white Cane day is a day um, that kind of recognizes the the world of visual impairments and wants to celebrate the achievements of people um, who have visual impairments of varying you know degrees so it's a really important day to bring awareness to you know what it's like to live with a visual impairment. And, you know, of course the white cane is something you know, there's two big things that people think, um, think of when they think of people with visual impairments. And I think they think of seeing eye dogs and of course the white cane that you use to help navigate. So it's kind of using that day to bring awareness to all types of visual impairments, not just people that are fully blind. And what's interesting is the day right before it is like international world Sight day, which is, pretty much right in line with that. They switch up the theme every year, but October 14th and 15th are huge days for us to be able to tell those stories. And we are starting to, on social media, filter out some facts about visual impairments, um, get those statistics out there to kind of shine a light on just how pervasive it is. You know, 12 million people in the United States, uh, 40 years and older, will have a visual impairment. That's a huge... Amount of people um and that's not counting you know people under 40 so
0: <laughs> yeah and i don't want to like i wait like i want to relate something but it's hard to do when you know all i have is bad vision you know so my if you see my glasses i don't have them here but i'm lucky i'm able to wear contacts because they're, they're pretty bad but yeah. I, you know i've had a um a scratch cornea once and Again, I'm not trying to compare anything, but just like not having that taken away even for like a few days or having those types of issues is it's, it's it's more than if you even maybe broke a bone or something like that because this is something that you use to take in information from the world. So
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I you know, I um, was having migraines with aura in college and so I did lose my vision a couple times um, until we figured out what was going on, but I knew it kind of, you know, I just assumed it would come back at each instance mm-hmm. where it happened. But I remember it was terrifying, because you don't know, and you're it feels like, right. and especially the, the way it happened to me, it felt like my body was betraying me, you know, you're, mm-hmm. I, they were working just a couple seconds ago, why aren't they working? Um, and, and again, you're right, you know, not, it's not the same. But I think what really stuck with me is that fear I had, and that feeling of, not being able to, to experience everything I was supposed to be able to experience in that moment, you know, where is the sidewalk? Am I in the street? You know, being scared like that was something that was momentary. But you know, there are people who when this if you come out of surgery, and this was not the plan, you know, that's not momentary that and if you know that you have a condition where you're going to lose vision over time, you already know that. And so I, I think you know, it's a very difficult situation to be in. And what we want to do as an agency is make sure that anyone going through this has support, they have all the resources that they need to maintain the independence that the best of independence they can have, and that you know this doesn't need to be the end of something. This is the start of a of a different lifestyle, but that doesn't mean this is just the end. So,
0: what can someone like uh, me? What can I do on October fifteenth to help out? Is it share? Check out your social media. Share uh, some of the things that you were able to come across. Look up the. I'm sure there's a White Cane Day hashtag.
2: Yep. <laughs> I think sharing um sharing information about our organization does two things. It helps us connect with more clients, which is great. Obviously, mm-hmm. our mission is to serve more people in the community that have this. You know, I think we would love to eradicate any unnecessary vision loss, you know, avoidable vision loss. But the, the reality is there will always be a certain level of it because some things sometimes sure. you're born with it, sometimes you have an accident. Um, so sharing the information connects us with clients it also connects us with people that can support us um, so if you have a friend who owns a business or you know you're able to make a donation those are great connections for us to be able to continue to build up funding to expand our programs we're in the process of trying to build out more youth programming we have our, already have a summer camp we do have young clients but we're trying to we're in the beginning steps of launching a Mommy and Me program okay. and connecting with younger kids. Um, so, you know, all all the support helps us to bring those things to life um, for the community. So Okay,
0: well, I, thank you so much for, for coming. Thank you for being open to going live impromptu. <laughs> we didn't tell anybody, but I think this is, it, it kind of, it puts you on the spot. It makes it more, you got to come to the plate.
2: Yeah, yeah, but, absolutely. No, it's been
0: I, fun. And I think what you guys, I mean, I knew of the name change through, you know, emails and, and the marketing you guys are doing. So I think it's you've been doing a great job. The logo looks great. You know, if there's any way that we can continue to help you out, uh, please get in touch with us. And for other people, we've been showing the website on the bottom there, sitesforhope.org. You can check that out. Uh, again, if, you, if you're interested in, in partnering, there's information in there. And if you... May think that you or someone you know could benefit, then there's contact information in there as well. Yeah. Awesome. All right, Christy, thank you so much. This is a this is a lot of fun. This is a yeah. I didn't have this plan today, so I, I appreciate <laughs> it. And I hope like your coworkers were like, "Hey, she's on going live yeah. <laughs> but we're in the other room." So yeah. much appreciated, and we wish you guys all the best.
2: Thank you so much.
0: All right sit tight. One second.
1: Looking for a bigger home? Find Mike. Looking to downsize? Find Mike. Looking for a home in the Poconos? Find Mike. Looking for your very own bat cave? Find Mike. When looking to navigate the Lehigh Valley real estate market, the first move is to always find Mike Bernadine with Howard Schaefer and Associates of RE-MAX Real Estate. He can help you build the right game plan to achieve all your real estate goals. Whether it be a home with 10 bathrooms, a home with a large garage to park your Tesla or vintage Ford Pinto, or just something perfect for you and your family, finding Mike Bernadine is always the best way to go. So what are you waiting for? To make all your Lehigh Valley real estate dreams come true, all you have to do is find Mike Bernadine with Howard Schaefer and Associates of Remax Real Estate.